fighting for something that we believe in, for standing up to an injustice or for letting somebody or a group of individuals know that like, you know, that what they're doing is not okay. We can confront ignorance, I guess would maybe be the the best way to put it. We can confront the ignorance of others and, and in the world, which is in, in some ways that is a boundary that we are communicating. But unless we express that boundary in a way that allows the people that we are expressing it to the opportunity to grow, the opportunity to, to become wiser, to shed their ignorance, then we, we're not doing anyone any favors. And in many times we can be perpetrating the very thing that we're standing up against. This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte. Identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's that time. It is that time once again. Welcome everybody to Way of the Artist podcast, and uh, we've got we've got a pretty big conversation. We had like an hour and a half conversation before we even began with this conversation. Uh, hopefully, it's all worth it. <laughs> I think so. Um, the energy you give is the world you create. There are a lot of rabbit holes that I anticipate we will probably be diving into with this one. Um, but, you know, just as kind of a, a broad overview of what we have in store for this one. Um, I mean, the title really kind of says it all in that, you know, the energy we give uh we give our energy into all kinds of different things. The, the work we do, the activities we participate in, the people that we spend time with, the thoughts that we have, maybe most importantly of all is, are, are the thoughts that we, we give our energy to. Um, but how that energy relates to the world we create, not again, just in our mind, but you know, how that has an effect, affect on the world, <laughs> affect and effect, I suppose. Um, and I think that this is an important conversation to be having just because of things are crazy out there. <laughs> Things are pretty crazy out in our world. There's a lot of things in upheaval. There are a lot of things that have gone out the window, as everybody out there who's listening knows. And, you know, not that we haven't talked about these in, in some of our podcasts over the last couple of months, but, uh, you know, it's challenging out there. Uh, people are having a hard time being able to just have conversations with friends and family members. And, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of bad faith g 
going on out there. It's, it can be hard to, to embody the best traits of our humanity right now. It can be very challenging. And in many ways, this conversation is about a very simple idea, which is what do you want to be putting into the world? What is the energy you want to give into the world? Because there is an effect. And sometimes when we can, if we can look at it from that perspective, through that question, a lot of the time, a lot of our confusion can really dissipate and we can get a lot of clarity simply through looking at, well, what is the energy I'm putting out into the world right now? Does the world need more of this? Mm. <laughs> or could the world use a lot less of this? So <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of rabbit holes we jumped down when we started talking about this before we even recorded and figuring out what this conversation would be. And, you know, I think as we were talking about it, we we're talking about, well, we could go and focus on this. We could go and focus on that. And ultimately we started to realize that it's kind of like, let's look at that very thing, you know, like, we could focus on these things. And I think a, a focus and attention, we've talked about this before. Um, they, they have a, a way of kind of when you put energy towards them, when you put focus and attention on something, it has a way of expanding as a way of kind of growing. And sometimes it's externally in, in the world out there, but often it starts inside. And I think a philosophy that people don't always realize is that you get what you give. And giving starts with you. And before you could ever have anything that you want, it really starts with giving. And people, when they think of giving, they don't realize that like giving isn't just about like going out and doing charity. It's, it, you know, giving is about, it starts with you even, you know, giving yourself this thing, giving yourself, um, the attention on something good as opposed to the attention on something toxic, you know, and it, it kind of works like this. I mean, if you think about it this way, if you put attention or energy into something, you're probably going to get more of it and it's going to probably compound and grow. So in your own internal world, your perception gets built on what you put attention on. So if I say like red Honda civic, like look for those, you're going to start noticing red Honda civics. Or if you have a car in mind that you really want to buy or, you know, or whatever, or someone drove a car that had an emotional impact on your life, you might just start noticing that car around a lot. Right. And it's not that that car didn't exist before, but it's just that you notice it now. So you get more of what you give your attention to, you get more of what you put your energy into. So if you put your energy into hate, if you put your energy into anger, if you put your energy into how things are wrong, you're going to get more of it naturally because it's, things have always been going wrong. Hate has always been there, but you're just going to see more of it. You're going to notice it. You're going to be cued into it. So, you know, not to say that there's anything wrong with that in and of itself, 
but the question is, is that what you want? And is that the world you want to live in? Because you, you first build the world you live in within yourself and then you project it out before you ever walk into the world that's outside of you. You know, the world is always there, but you see whatever you are focused on internally in that world. So it has everything. The whole platter is there. It's not like this stuff was removed and people say, oh, it was better over here at this time. And it's like, not necessarily. It's just that now you might be more focused on this. And also your social circle might be more focused on this. So you're more focused on this and that's your energy. And you have to kind of, you know, uproot yourself sometimes and say, is this really where I want my energy and the people around me? Is that what I want their energy to go towards? Um, one other thing I'll just bring up is like when people communicate, we bring up topics and we bring up generally the topics that are on our mind. So if somebody upset you and that's on your mind or you got, uh, I should say you got upset by somebody, it's not because they upset you. You got upset because of what they did. Mm -hmm. Now you go and talk to your friend, you're putting more energy into that. And, you know, maybe you're trying to get relief from that feeling, but you want to be mindful of where you're putting your energy because if this was the last conversation you had with this friend, would you really want to be talking about some asshole that you got pissed off by? Or do you rather be talking about this great idea or this dream or this wonderful thing you're doing in your life? Cause isn't that what really matters? And your world becomes either focused on this person that you got pissed off by, or it becomes the dream that's in your heart. So every moment you have an opportunity to like make that choice and walk down that track and those tracks get further and further apart the more you put energy into one and not the other. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's interesting because by energy, we could also be substituting this word with attention, which is yeah. one of our absolute favorite yeah. words and, and our, is attention actually one of our laws? I mean, it, presence is one of our laws. It's the same thing. Basically it's the same, same thing. thing. Presence, attention. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an incredible thing of, of where we put our energy, how much that, that can shift absolutely everything because I mean, it really, it, it comes down to what is the state of being that we want to live in? You know, do we want to live in constant states of agitation, of aggression, of anger, of, you know, and, and these are all things that, that need fuel in order for them to continue burning. And we have a kind of addiction to that type of thing, how we were, how we've been wronged, you know, how, uh, you know, we've been mistreated. And that's not to say that there aren't ways in which we have been, mistreated and been abused and, and even victimized by people. Um, but to put the constant energy into that, I think we have to start questioning the usefulness of that to a certain degree. I mean, there, there's definitely an issue with the complete opposite end of the spectrum, which is something that uh, I've been sort of more so 
personally uh, is how I've dealt with a lot of things in my life, which is to not acknowledge that something was wrong, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then years later to come to the, con- or at least be able to just at least say, it's like, you know what, that wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. You know, certain things happened and, and they weren't okay. But now it's like, you're left with the pieces of whatever the incident, whatever the experience was that, that you had. And you're left with, well, now what do you do? Do you, how do you move forward? Do you become colder? Do you shut off from everything? Do you like, do you, do you completely cut yourself off both from, from yourself and how you feel and, and from relationships with others or from your dreams, you know, because that's a real option. And a lot of people take that option and it's a heartbreaking option to take Mm -hmm. because it doesn't have to be taken. Mm -hmm. I'm reading this terrific book called Grist for the Mill (laughs) by Ram Dass. (laughs) I think I brought this up. Yeah. And these things can be exactly that our our negative experiences can be things that, to provide uh, wisdom and and insight and can give us guidance even on a path towards being more of the people that we want to be and to creating more of the world that we want to see. I mean, it sounds great. Sounds yeah, like a great it, book. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'd love to read it. I mean, I, I don't know, like with all this stuff, putting, putting your attention, like uh, on all this, it's like your, your world is a byproduct of, of where you put your attention. You know, there's people, you know, I, I mean, like I've been doing coaching for a while and, and it's interesting because I work with people and we really try to work around like challenges and obstacles that they have. And look, I got my own, everybody's got them, but some of the most basic ones, some of the ones that are, like you really got to learn to master. And the, the later you learn in life, just the more of a disservice you do to yourself. You got to master your time. You got to master your money and you got to master your willpower. And those are the three most important things in my opinion that you just, they're so simple and so straightforward. Look, if anybody ever says, I don't have time, that's just a load of shit. It's just a load of shit because you can make time. You can make time for what's important. And if it's important enough, you will make time. So, you know, saying you don't have time is you saying I'm a victim to my schedule. You made the schedule. Change the schedule. You know, you, you can determine the schedule. So time is another thing. Then, then there's the willpower. Let's go there, right? It's this. I can't, I can't make it bullshit. Of course you could make it. You won't make it. It's a willpower thing. It's not an ability thing. Can or can't says you're not able to will or won't says you're not willing to, or you are willing to. Now that's the very closely related to time, time and will. And then there's money and people, they say, I don't have the money. It's like, well, you know, (laughs) what's the will (laughs) And how much time, you know what I mean? Like they're all related. Like money is not money. Money is value. So, 
you know, money is just like money itself is just paper. So like that's saying I don't have the paper, but it's like, look, you have the value. So you want to get something, you don't necessarily have to have the paper to get it. You could have the exchange of value. And I bring this up because these are the three things that I feel dominate people's lives and make them victims to their experience. Once you master time, willpower, and money, you become the master of your world. And then some interesting things can start to happen. But until you figure those three things out, you're a victim to your life. So if you're going to put energy into anything, I think the first place to start is become the master of these things. You know, make your schedule. Be the one that decides what you value and what you don't. Be the person who um, decides what you will do and you won't do. And the reason why I bring this up is because a lot of energy has to do with boundaries. So what you put energy into is your boundary, right? So if you put energy into I'm tired all the time, you're going to experience and notice when you're tired. A, a trick that I did just to kind of give some people some little, like, here's a takeaway. Don't ever talk about how tired you are. Just don't even talk about it. Don't focus on it. Don't think about it. Don't worry about it. Because the more energy you put into how tired you are, the more you're going to notice you're tired and the more that's going to become, you're going to become a victim to it. Do you want to be tired? If you want to be tired, then by all means, go ahead and focus on it. But like most people don't. And, and then a lot of their excuses come down to like, I'm too tired. I'm watching TV instead of building my dream or I'm doing this instead of building my dream because I'm tired. It's like, well, if tired is the reason, then stop putting energy into tired. I mean, it's pretty clear. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I wanted to kind of bring this back around. Okay. So here's my point. I was talking to a friend. I got a cyber, cyber attack by somebody. And I was like, man, I really need to set higher boundaries with people. And he said, yeah, you could look at it that way. Or you could look at it as you value yourself higher. Because people who value themselves set better boundaries. And I thought, wow great one. That's so good. So energy in, I value myself. I don't just give myself away as opposed to, I can't let you in because there's bad things in the world. Different model of energy, different world to live in. So mm -hmm. the takeaway, value yourself higher, helps your money, helps your schedule, helps your willpower, helps your boundaries, helps everything, right? So, but these little perceptual shifts change your entire experience of your journey and they're huge. But they're my, they're small things, but they make a big impact. Yeah, you know, it's. Um, I was having a conversation with my wife a little while ago because uh, I caught her, and this is the great thing about having a partner is you know you you can <laughs> you can be good reflections for each other and and just if you have a good partner that is which I'm I'm lucky yeah. for, <laughs> but um, you know she had been saying how. You're just like, oh, about there were all these people that were taking her energy. And and I said, it's like, you've been saying this thing about taking your energy. And, you know, like it's, yeah, like things do take energy to do. I said, but maybe you need to flip how you're thinking about this into, again, like what we're talking about, where you are choosing to give your energy because no one can take it if you're not giving it. Yes. Not, not usually. Well, <laughs> right. You know, unless it's maybe in very extreme circumstances, we could, we could 
make that argument but for for most people but they're the anomaly you know, those extreme circumstances yeah. they're an anomaly they're rare yeah. you know yeah. um but for most of us we are giving our energy to things even when we think we don't have a choice we do have a choice there's just we are there are certain consequences for for every choice that we make and there's some that we're willing to accept and some that we're not and but there's still a choice that's always occurring within that space um but this can be uh for me i think that this is like a really great shift because there's in every single day you have so much energy that you have to expel. And the thing is, is that something will take it that there's not there in some ways there there's where there isn't a choice. Your energy is going to go somewhere every single day. If you want to look at it as if you had some like a, like a counter, like if, if your energy was currency and you had so much of that currency to spend within a day, you know, and in many ways, when we're talking about taking, it's just like, it's like as if you just had like your hand out there and, you know, whatever it was can just take however that is, as opposed to saying like, okay, well, where do I want to spend this? You know, like to what things would I spend this energy on? And through that, we can end up cutting out a lot of the waste that mm-hmm. can occur there because it's like it, it, you can give your energy to pursuing a dream to learning something, you know, to, to any of that stuff, or you can put your energy into sitting around doing absolutely nothing, (laughs) you know, saying, but that still takes energy, you know, and very often that takes an incredible amount of energy. When you look at, you know, um, forms of, of anxiety and depression, both things, which are, uh, are things that I'm personally familiar with, you know, that takes a tremendous amount of energy and it looks like nothing, mm-hmm. you know, it looks like, you know, sitting on the couch. It looks like procrastination. It looks like, you know, laying in bed, you know, all of these things. And, but there's so much energy that is going into the cycle of depression. I don't want to say this is, uh, I just, as a, as like a, little footnote to this. I'm not saying this is as far as like all forms of depression. There are, you know, ser- but for, for the kind of depression that, that most people deal with, you know, again, like the, the common groups of people deal with when we have bouts of it or whatever, you know, it's almost always the case of where we're putting our energy into the, th- and the thoughts that we're putting our, that, that we're giving our energy and, mm-hmm. And in some ways, it's like those thoughts are things that become compulsive. You know, they're just it's it's compulsive thinking, um, which is actually something I believe I've probably heard from somebody (laughs) in the past (laughs) who was talking about like meditation and kind of the nature of anxiety and depression is that suddenly it's like it's like it's it's compulsive. Mm-hmm. You know, like your thinking has become compulsive and it's, and, and 
there's a tremendous amount of energy that's going into that, that continues to create this sense and this feeling of, of anxiety and fear, just like anything else with anger. But on the flip side, and this is kind of not as common, but it's something that we work towards is we can catch those things so that they're not quite so compulsive. And we can begin to restructure where we're focusing our energy, you know, how we choose to think or look at something. We can choose to commit our energy into something more positive. Mm -hmm. I think first you have to identify where your pits are, like where you're putting energy into a pit that's not giving you anything back. Like a, like a, just a empty place to put energy, like worrying or thinking about how you're wronged. Um, you know, there is a place, there's a time to like maybe work some things out, maybe heal some things there, but you know, you've got to identify what your pits are and people have different pits, you know, they have different things that they do. And I think the important thing to understand about like putting your energy into a pit is that you're addicted to it. It's an addiction. And, and the way addiction works, at least on a very like elementary level is that you're getting something immediate out of this thing. And you might not know what the benefit is out of doing this thing momentarily, but like, usually you do things because it's, it's, it's relieving, like that's toxic or not good for you, or it's a pit because it gives you some temporary yet immediate relief. And, you know, I think that, I think one of the things is like people, people end up relieving themselves from their whole life. And it takes a lot, you know, to, to, build your life up the way that you really want to build it. And what I would suggest for anybody who's like listening and they're hearing this and they're going, yeah, but it's so fucking hard. First of all, I get it. I a hundred percent get it. I was in one of the lowest places in my life. And at one point and things just seemed so fucking pointless and it was just so hard. And so I get that. And the way out is just, you got to build one step at a time, one little thing, one little good thing one little good thing. And then you master that one little good thing and you get that down and then you do another one little good thing. And then pretty soon you're doing a couple good things and you're starting to build the beginning of a stairway that leads you out of the pit that you found yourself in. And, you know, you don't get to often build the whole stairway all in one go. It's just like one step and one step might take you three weeks, you know, three months. It might take you that long, but like, it's worth it. I mean, the alternative is what are you going to live in the pit that you've caught yourself in, you know? And, and sometimes, you know, you could be moving along in life and things just seem like they're just working and you're just rock and roll and everything is great. And then life events can occur and they can knock you right on your ass, man. Like COVID, for example, you lose, uh, you lose a loved one. Uh, you lose your job, you know, um, uh, health scare, maybe right? These things can change your whole world in a moment, right? And so, um, just don't think that just because everything's working for you, that this isn't relevant to you. It it matters, you know, and we all got to learn how to build our stairways and not just out of our pits, but our stairways to make a joke, our stairways to our own heaven. You know what I mean? Like our stairways to our dreams, our stairways to our visions, like each of those need to be built one step at a time. And I'll say this as a final note, not only did I build a stairway out of the epically low pit that I was in where life was pointless to get to a place where life was good again, 
I've been building a stairway to my dreams. So it's like, you think you're done when you're out of the pit? No, you still got a stairway to build. But what happens is you start to like building the stairway because it gives you the sense of like, hey, I can do this. I can get myself out of something and I can change my life. And not only can I get myself out of something, I could get myself somewhere that I couldn't get before. Because, you know, when you were first facing your challenge, it just looked like a giant wall that was like a thousand feet high. And you're like, I'll never get up that. But then all of a sudden you realize, well, if I built one step at a time, all the way up this thousand foot wall, maybe one day I could be there. And that's what a dream is. And sometimes that's what getting out of pit is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to uh, switch gears a little bit. Let's do it. On, on this energy thing. I want to, I want to dive into, I guess, maybe a bit of a broader sense of this, this thing of what we're putting our energy into. And maybe I'll, I'll just provide this specific example uh, which I was sharing with you before we started recording, Brandon. So uh, yesterday I was I was out on a hike with a friend of mine. I don't remember precisely what we were talking about, but it reminded me of uh, a book by Dan Millman called The Laws of Spirit, which if you're a regular listener, you've probably heard me talk about this one before. But it was in this chapter that was about compassion. And in this story, it's kind of told in, in the sense of, uh, you know, Dan Millman as the author going on a hike through the woods and encountering this sort of sagely ancient being. Uh, and towards the end, he asks the sage this question. He's like, but what about murderers? What about abusive people? What about just vi- like just violent, horrifying people who exist? Like, are we like, why should we have compassion for these people? Why not hate what is hateful? And the response from this sage is compassion is not easy and no one said it ever was, but it comes down to this question of what do you want to fill the world with? Do you want to fill it with more hate or compassion? And I've read, this is a book that I've read, I don't know how many times now, probably, probably at least a couple of dozen times. (laughs) And I remember that from the very first time that I read it because it was so simple. It was so clear because it was a perfectly valid question that was presented. It's just like, yeah, like how are we supposed to have compassion for just people who, who, who make us so angry for, for people who just do such horrifying things that, that make our, our blood boil and our, and our skin crawl. And it was this response uh, that is very simple because ultimately it's, well, the world doesn't need any more hate. The world does not need any more of 
this sort of negativity. And by the way, just as a little side note, honesty and negativity are not the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of people who, who seem to think that honesty and negativity are the same thing, that being negative is somehow being honest. And it isn't. It's not, it's just the opposite side of the spectrum. Honesty mm-hmm. is honesty. Honestly, mm-hmm. just calling something for what it is. But anyhow, getting back to it, there's this very simple choice of, and this is a choice of energy, like we've been talking about. Do you want to put energy into putting more hatred, more anger into the world for the things that happen, and and don't get me wrong, there are things that happen that need to be challenged. There are things that need to be um, called out, aside from the whole call-out culture thing, but there are things that need to be called out, that need to be drawn attention to, and you say, hey, maybe we should do something about this. But do we have to do that with, with anger and, and hatred within us, you know, and this, um, this might seem like a weird, you know, shift in the conversation for the, for everyone listening, but, or maybe it doesn't, I don't want to say, but (laughs) there's, I think that this is something very important right now in the world, like from at the beginning of the conversation, you know, there's, it's, there's a lot that's going on. There's a lot of hard conversations that are happening right now that have to happen right now. And a lot of people are afraid to have these conversations because, and, and for good reason. Um, and so for me, this is this question of where we're putting our energy and this question of or do we want to put the world, fill the world with more anger or do we want to fill the world with more compassion? Do we want to fill the world with more caring and kindness? It, even though it isn't easy, mm-hmm. you know, when we look at it from in, in that choice, it is a very easy thing, mm-hmm. easy to understand, not always easy to, to enact. And it's not a thing about being perfect, but you know, it's one of those things that I I think is is worth talking about and is worth each and every single one of us to really consider, you know, the where we're putting our energy and the actions that often follow from those things. I think you saying that is a testament to, you know, where you are as where you are as a person and and what you're going through in your journey and, and your desire to see the world, um, you know, go, go towards the light and be better. And I think that, that, you know, it's a real call to action for people. Um, I also think that, you know, you're not going to solve hate by hating it. You know, I think it's like, uh, you know, it's like trying to put out a fire with more fire. It's it's ridiculous, you know? And, um, I think that, um, everybody, everybody needs to check their ego at the door. And I think, you know, this isn't a statement of arrogance. This is a statement of like, 
just, you know, just general, the general, like education and like development in life, there are some people who are more aware than other people. And like in this day and age, we call them woke or, you know, in the, in the seventies, they used to call them cool. That's what cool meant, by the way. It didn't mean you went wear night, wear cool clothes. It meant that you were in the know. There are certain people who are in the know. They're aware they have done more personal development, had better mentorship and more educated. It doesn't help you to be woke <laughs> and to look down on people that are ignorant and say, Oh, you guys are idiots. Like that's the, that is actually ignorance. <laughs> like mm-hmm. don't, you're not going to solve ignorance by being ignorant of ignorance. You got, you got to yeah. understand that we were all ignorant and we all still are ignorant. And no matter how woke you are, you were still ignorant to something. And if anybody says, I'm the most woke or I'm like, like it's, it's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous concept to even concern yourself with. I think it's the people who are more woke, if you want to call it that, or more um, aware or more cool or more in the know, however you want to put this thing are more responsible for being kind and compassionate and caring and understanding. It's like, with great power comes great responsibility. Knowledge in many ways, awareness is power. When you're aware of something that other people aren't, you have a power. You have an ability to see something that they're unable to see. And when you see someone do something that you don't like, consider the fact that they maybe don't see the world the way you see it and they never had the chance to. And instead of judging them and saying like, you're wrong and bad, look at them as like, ah, oh, you know, that's, that's too bad that they're unaware. Like I see people get angry at stupid stuff. And I'm just like, why do you get angry at that? <laughs> you know, but what a silly, like, like that's not going to solve your problem. I'm just like, yeah. there's a part of me that's like, that's a ridiculous solution. And, but then I have to remember, it's like, oh yeah, there was a time where I used to get angry at stuff like that. So then I can like not be like judgmental of them. I can kind of go, yeah, okay, I get it. Right. So now when we show people compassion, we open the door for them to learn because then, then it comes from kindness. Now I said earlier, everybody's got to check their ego at the door. When you come in and you are arrogant and you like are prideful and you're like, I'm better than you. What you do is you make people have to put their ego up because now they're embarrassed. Now they, they need, to be, they need to look okay. They need to not be right. So if you like, for example, if you're dealing with someone who's sexist or racist or one of these things, instead of just being like, Oh, you're racist and you're whatever, just be like, it's not your racist. It's like what you are saying is not really inclusive. You know, it's not like, that's not really good. And, and here's why it's not like, like, there's nothing wrong. I get what you're trying to do, but you know, maybe you're trying to empower men or you're trying to empower women or you're trying to empower a certain race. I get what you're trying to do, but here's the problem if you do it that way. And it's like, it's in try to enlighten them and come at it with kindness. They might be more open to hearing your idea. Now, the other thing too is understand that if you're trying to go to change people, they're not just going to change because you want them to. And don't get upset because they don't change because you want them to. I mean, that's, that's like, that's, that's wasted energy. But, you know, here's, here's an example. As I'm 
building my business out and building some new things, I took on my Joe job for a little bit and it helps make a little extra cash while I, you know, finance some of this web design stuff that I'm doing. And while I'm doing it, like I've learned certain systems at this job. And this, this company is extremely successful and they're, and they're so successful. They bought out another company. And so this new company brought over some of their workers to our company, but those workers were not trained very well. So now I have a new guy working with me and he's not trained and I am, and he was doing something and it was actually causing confusion and it was slowing down the process. And I explained to him, I said, Hey, next time, um, you know, this is how we do it. And this is why. And he said, well, I was trying to save time. And he's like, and he kept kind of going off about how he was trying to save time. And I was like, yeah, I get what you're doing, but that caused confusion for the rest of the team. And we kind of had a little bit of back and forth and I felt like, okay, I don't know if he really gets me, but I'm like, I'm like, it's okay. I get what you're trying to do. You know, like we'll leave it here, but I'm just explaining. And he was still like, no, I'm right. You're wrong. And I was like, that's fine. The next day he came in <laughs> and he like, he th- obviously thought about it. And then he was like, Oh, that makes sense. And then he just started kind of doing it. And he actually started communicating more and making sure there's less confusion. So my point is, is that I couldn't get through to him in the moment, but by showing him compassion and saying, I understand what you're trying to do. It didn't make him feel so defensive that he wasn't open to the idea. And I think this is kind of like how we're going to change the world to some degree. We, we have to understand that it's going to take time. And the things you say today might not, people might not be willing to take on today, but if you do it with kindness and compassion, it's going to plant a seed. And if, if you're really talking about something that's really good, they're going to think about that. And, and not everybody, but some people, it will actually like land with them. And maybe tomorrow or the next day or down the road, what you're trying to do will actually make an impact. But if you come at it with judgmentalness and like, I'm better than you and you're a piece of shit and all that, they're never going to change. You're going to make them further lock into their position. So, mm-hmm. you know, the energy, you know, it brings up another point, Evan. It's not just that where you put your energy, it's how you use your energy. You know, it's like, do you yeah. use it with kindness or do you use it with like hate and arrogance? You know, like it's, it's not just where you put it, it's how you put it there because that's almost equally as important, you know, yeah. um, putting your energy into something, the way you do it is important too. Yeah. And this, um, you know, this is kind of like something we were talking about, you know, before we had started recording, um, you know, we were talking about boundaries, you know, which is, uh, which is a you know a really popular subject these days. I like that people are talking about boundaries. Like we have Brene Brown to think about that to thank <laughs> about for that one. Um, but you know, it's like we were having this discussion, and you know, we were discussing that you know the thing with boundaries is that good boundaries also come with opportunity, and we can stand up to things we can put our energy into and, and, and into, you know, fighting for something that we believe in for standing up to an injustice or for letting somebody or a group of individuals know that like, you know, that what they're doing is not okay. We can confront ignorance, I guess would maybe be the, the best way to put it. We can confront the ignorance of others and and in the world 
which is in, in some ways that is a boundary that we are communicating. But unless we express that boundary in a way that allows the people that we are expressing it to the opportunity to grow the opportunity to, to become wiser, to shed their ignorance, then we, we're not doing anyone any favors. And in many times we can be perpetrating the very thing that we're standing up against. And I mean, I think that in many ways, this is why I love, you know, arts and why we pursued arts is that, you know, like, the, the artist is, is a kind of a master in, in the how of putting our energy into things. An artist can express absolute rage in a way that is creative, you know, in, in, in a way that, that opens people's eyes to something, but at the same time isn't necessarily just shitting all over somebody, you know, but potentially communicating something to someone in a profound way that makes people understand and see something in a different way, something that actually wins over the heart and mind of somebody through its expression. And I think that we can all learn something from that. Like, how are we channeling that energy, because I'm not saying that people shouldn't be angry. There's a lot to be angry about for sure. But how are we, how are we communicating that? How are we expressing Mm -hmm. it? How are we using it in a way that is sort of like a good fire, you know, Mm -hmm. the fire that, that can burn away the ignorance that can burn away the coldness of, of people's hearts, you know, and fixed opinions, you know, things like that. Like how can we clear a a path for people that makes sense? And I think this is like maybe an area that, that as people, we can all see something in the way that the arts works and incorporate a little bit more of that into our lives because it's not about repression of these things. It's not just about thinking and feeling good things all the time. You know, we always have to, and we talk about this all the time. You always have to start with where you're at and you have to be absolutely honest with yourself about where you're at Mm -hmm. because that's the only place you have to begin. But it, it, it doesn't mean that's the place where we have to stay. And like you said, it doesn't mean that the way that comes out has to be, you know, in, it doesn't have to come out in acts of aggression or in its own forms of ignorance, Mm -hmm. you know, because you could argue that, you know, our forms of, of violence that we have, any form of violence that exists, not just physical, but you know, mental, verbal, you know, like these are forms of violence. And I would argue that any form of violence is a form of ignorance, you know? So it's, I may be wandering a little bit off of the, (laughs) off of the train here, but I don't know. I just want to raise some, some concerns and, and questions here because, you know, there, there is a way of, of 
expressing everything that we are beautifully and putting that energy into something creative and constructive. Just like to put one last example of it, you know, like the arguably like the greatest activist of modern time was, was MLK, man. Like, like you look at that person, you see, you know, you listen to that. I have a dream speech and it's, it's, it, it's something that's so inspiring and yet absolutely heartbreaking. Like it, 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 it brings tears to your eyes. You know, it should bring tears to your eyes. And the thing that was kind of a, a, a moment for me was when I realized in that speech that there was so much anger that was there so much absolutely righteous anger that is occurring within that, within that man, you know, within Martin Luther King, like there was so much profound rage of injustice that had been endured at that time, you know, and he was channeling that rage into a dream that everybody was invited to participate in. You know, this is the kind of shit that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like that's the, like, and I'm not saying everybody's got to be, those are huge shoes to fill, but it's, it's kind of a, it's, it's a, it's an example. It's a bit of a guiding way to show us a little bit of what that looks like in action. That's a great example. It's a great example of how to take a feeling of, you know, injustice and anger and all of that and turn it into not only like a pa- an impassioned speech or just passion in general, but to, to take all of that and, you know, use it to inform creating something better, you know, because at the end of the day, like, there are some people who are hateful and they're destructive and they're self-centered and they are in a toxic place in life. And they maybe just, they're just so far gone. They're not really coming back. And that's just where they are. And, you know, we live in a society where we tolerate it and it's, the, the, the side of society that doesn't tolerate it is a very ugly side of society. The side of society that actually says, well, why don't we rid ourselves of all of these types of people is actually like the side of genocide. It's the side of like mm-hmm. horrible, horribleness. And so in some ways, by our allowance of the abrasive people, if we want to call it that, we actually are more humane and we have more humanity. Now, because we have more humanity, it means that we have to navigate a world that is a little bit more complicated. I mean, wouldn't it be simple? I mean, it would be simple if everybody was just kind and lovely and caring and wonderful. I mean, yeah, it would be. But here's the problem. If we lived in that world, there'd be people who aren't kind enough who aren't lovely enough, you know, Hmm. there would, those would become the abrasive people. So abrasive people in a lot of ways are really just 
where we feel the other side of the spectrum is, you know, if we don't want that. And I think that you need to learn how to navigate a world where there are abrasive people or toxic people or however you want to kind of put them and people who are unwilling to change from being like that. And it's part of your responsibility to learn how to navigate that world and not get consumed by it because it's just a part of the world. It's, it's, it's actually a small part, but if you put your attention on it, it becomes your world. And if you put your energy into it, you, you know, you, you, you focus on these abrasive people, these assholes, these jerks, these whatever. It's like, well, that's, that's what your world is because that's what you focus on. That's where you put your attention. And, you know, if you, if, if you want to combat a cause, right. If you want to like, say like, um, change racism change sexism or something like that that's a big cause but like by trying to change it you're going to be putting focus on it and that's part of the 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 challenge of being an activist and i think for anybody who's wants to be an activist you need to put your attention on it obviously so that you can change it but don't get consumed by it don't get consumed in anger and destruction because like you're trying to stop anger and destruction that way. And Martin Luther King took something that was obviously anger and destruction. And he said, well, this is bad, but we could all be a part of the good. And I think when you're an activist, you know, it's about you seeing what's bad, but about focusing on what it needs to be and how good it could be not getting caught up in how bad it is and being like, isn't this bad? Isn't that bad? Let me show you another video of this and a video of that and a statement about this. And it's like, you know, I get the idea that you want to agitate people enough so that they'll stand up with you and make a difference. But that in and of itself can be done with care. That in and of itself can be done with care with mindfulness. You know, I think some people are doing it just to be like, I want to be right. I want to be joined. I want to be heard. And that's not the place to come from. You're not an activist. Your, your, your ego is getting in the way. And I said this before, I'll say it again, check your ego at the door because your ego is the thing that makes a good thing bad. It takes a good thing and it will make it bad. And when mm -hmm. you become too self-focused and that's energy towards you, it usually turns bad you got to put vectors out. you got to put energy out. And whenever energy's on you, it's a form of narcissism. And I would say that 99% of narcissism is usually toxic. There is a certain amount of like, I need to take care of me. But like, if you're a healthy person, like a healthy minded, healthy living person, you've done what's necessary to take care of yourself. And that's actually pretty easy. And then the other 99% of you can be put into how you're helping the world. But a lot of people are trying to help the world and they're not even like taking care of their basics. And I said this earlier in the call and I'm going to say it again. It's like master your time, master your money and master your willpower. Once you've figured those three things out, you've got yourself taken care of. Now you can start helping other people. If you can't master your time, you can't help anybody because you're a victim to your, your clock, which is made up by the way, man-made. We created that. <laughs> Like, it's just a way to measure a day. So like, you know, now you're, you're, you're the slave to that. Right. And, you know, money is not money. Money is value. So you, maybe you don't have money, but you can have value. And how do you get value? Let me just kind of go off Evan. Yeah. educate yourself, build a skill, learn some techniques. That's value. That's money. Money is an exchange for value. Money only exists because you can get value or you can find a way to give value, right? So um, 
you know, and willpower is just you recognizing what you're able to do and what you're unable to do. And I'm going to tell you something, you're able to do a lot more than you let yourself do. You know, when people say can't, most of your can'ts are bullshit. I can't show up. I can't do that. I can't bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. You know, I can't jump from the ground and then jump into space. Okay, fine. But who gives a shit? No one's asking you to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> We're asking you to show up at a party or a meeting at seven o'clock or whatever, you know, AM, PM, depending on the thing. And you say you can't do it. <laughs> you know, the, 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 the real thing that you're saying when it talks, when you're talking about time is you're saying, I would rather do this, or I don't want to do that. And when you start taking control of that and you have the power to say that in the world, then you have some respect. People don't respect anybody. Like they might say they respect you, but if you're a can't person or a can, like, especially can't, there's no respect for you. And people might not tell you this, but they don't respect that because they don't believe you. They know you're full of shit. So start saying, look, I have another thing that I'm going to do, or I'm not interested in doing that, but stop saying can't because that's a lie and it's bullshit and you're losing respect. And then you're asking those people to respect you when you're saying like, Hey, this racism is bad. They don't respect you because you can't even master your time. It's, it's very related and it's very important. If you don't control your own life and you're not the master of your own domain, you're not helping anybody out here because people need to see that you're a master of your own life. Martin Luther King was a master of his own life in his fucked up world that he lived in at that time. And that's part of the reason why we listen to him. I guarantee you start doing some research on Martin Luther King. You'll start to see that he was not a can't person. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, um, <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> That's almost like a quotable thing. It's like, it's like on a t-shirt. Martin Luther King was not a can't person. Yeah, totally. Thanks for letting me go off, by the way. I yeah, felt no like I, I, I had a, I had one rant yeah. today. No, I needed it's it. Like, you know, one thing that like, that I really caught on to is that it's like, yeah, it's like the thing is, is that you, you could be absolutely right in your position. You can be absolutely right. But if you don't have a, a bigger sense of the picture, you know, like if you don't, if you don't have that perspective of empathy and compassion for human beings and kindness, you know, then, then don't expect anybody to listen to you. Even if you are again, right, you could be dead right about something, you know, but this isn't, and I don't want people to just like, oh, what? So I just got to like sugarcoat everything. No, it's not about sugarcoating. No, everything. not at it's all. A, not it's at all. It's about it's about being more creative. You know, like taking on you know those elements of artistry in how are you expressing it? You know, again, just to to go back to to the example of of Martin Luther King's "I Have a Dream" speech. You know, it's like. What did he do? He invited everybody to be a part of the dream. No one was excluded from it. You know, even though like it, it seems like there's quite a clear divide that was going on there. But it was like, look, I have a dream and you're all welcome. Everybody is welcome to 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 be in this. If you if you think that what I'm saying is right, then you are welcome. Right. But it, it wasn't it wasn't a pointing the finger at anything uh, like, or it was pointing the finger at something, 
You know, it, it was, but it was, it, it was pointing the finger to what he wanted to build. It wasn't pointing to the finger to what was wrong. Yeah, it was, it, I mean, f- it, it, in, within his speech, it assumes and it, it, it knows what's wrong within the speech. It doesn't yeah. need to focus on that. It puts the focus on the dream, on the thing you're building. Yeah. And that's the important thing to take away. You know, the world we're creating doesn't have to be more of the problem. It's, it's the solution to the problem. Focus on the solution, not the problem itself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's like, it's just such a beautiful example of, I think, a lot of what we've been talking about in, in all of this, which is like, where do you put your energy? It'd be so easy to put the energy to just rail against, you know, the people who were the oppressors at the time, which, you know, many people were doing, you know, but we don't know, we don't remember who a lot, who those people were. You know, we remember the person who, who like just reached into, into our hearts and minds and touched us in a, in a profound way, even, even years later. You know, that we're still talking about this. You know, we weren't even we weren't even born when that speech happened, you know, but it still resonates to this day, you know, because it spoke to something so, so human within all of us. And I think that that's, you know, it with all of the the, the, the craziness and, and the conversations and the arguments that are happening, which, again, all need to happen, you know, but within all of that. Ugh, I was on to something, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, was yeah, but you know what I mean? Like we're like within all of that, there is, there is an opportunity for us to, to, to speak to each other's humanity, you know, above, above all things, you know, which was what that speech did is it spoke to a common humanity as opposed to, uh, to a, to an ignorant, uh, division, Hmm. you know, like it's like it's something that transcended all of these, all of this noise and this nonsense and spoke to people as human beings. And it seems weird in many ways that like, I feel like at the end of this conversation coming to this point of, we all need to speak to each other like human beings. Mm. We all need to, to give humanity to the world and allow the opportunity for people's humanity to come out too. Like really at the end of the day, that's, that's really for me, what's, what's worth giving your energy into? It's that. I think the, the point of all of this is to, you know, encourage people that we're all creating our worlds, right? And together, collectively, we're creating a world. And what we decide, you know, to put our energy into is, is the world we create. And I think for the people who out there who are literally artists, you know, literally creating, it's like, when you tell a story, you know, the way you tell a story, you don't have to use the same narrative that's always been used. Like there's a good guy and a bad guy. And then the bad guy gets it and the good, you know, it does it. Life isn't like that necessarily. And, and artists can start to see like the, the balance between two characters, you know, that, that two people are not 
you know, one's not good and one's not bad, you know, and they're both a little bit good and a little bit bad. And, and, and through that there's humanity in both of them. And then, you know, what happens is sometimes the person who is more good wins. And sometimes the person who's more bad wins, but it's like, I think the problem is, is we, we, we have a narrative that goes on in our world right now, which is that there are good guys and bad guys, whatever. And it's like, come on, that's like an eighties action movie guys. Like, let's grow out of that. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have to be good guys, bad guys. It could be humans, you know, and some people disagree with each other. And, And instead of like making them your enemy, you know, try to see yourself in them and, and understand that you see it differently than them and they're fighting for their side and you're fighting for your side. But like, you know, you can be like, but they're doing this. And it's like, it doesn't matter what they're doing because I've said this again, be the master of your own domain. You don't get to control everybody else, but, but it starts with one person deciding, Hey, I'm not going to look at the world as good guys and bad guys anymore, which by the way, little side note where you put your energy creates a world, right? So if you believe they're antagonists and you put energy into people being enemies or antagonists, right. And you believe that's the world. What do you think you're going to get? more enemies and more antagonists because that's what you believe the world is. And there go, it is your world. So if you looked at people like human beings that are misguided or troubled or whatever, who are maybe didn't have the mentorship guidance or lessons or opportunities that you had, and you looked at them with compassion, you might not see enemy and you might have a new world and a new opportunity, you know? And I think that what's really important for people to consider is that the way you see the world might be, very ignorant <laughs> you might think that you're very woke and very aware so i think we all need to be willing to have some humility here and be like look maybe i don't get it maybe i've been programmed a little by society and culture and movies and then for those artists out there my main point was like maybe make a different movie sing a different song paint a different painting you know because these things do have an impact on culture and you might think oh i'm just doing my little thing but man movies I know for one thing, they make a massive difference in my life. Uh, I know songs make a difference in people's lives, you know? So you might think, well, it's just one song. It's just one movie. It's just one show. It's just one painting. But man, sometimes that's all it takes. You don't know. Martin Luther is just one speech, probably amongst many others, but one speech. And we're still talking about it today. So that could be your piece of art, you know? And I think that, you know, as we kind of talked about this conversation, I want to mention my beer. Segway. <laughs> <laughs> Segway. Um, what are you drinking, my man? What, what, what are you? This has been one heck of a conversation. What a, yeah. what a ride. I did not expect it to go this yeah, way. Yeah, no, it's gone on a lot of different, uh, different avenues, which we, we thought could happen. Yeah. Um, but as for the beer, I'm, I'm just drinking uh, Steamworks uh, Lionsgate Lager. And, okay. And um, it's great. Nice. Man, that's that's it's that's that's all you need. That's all you need for a summer day, you know? Like it's 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 a hell of a lot better than, you know, your uh, you know, your your bottom shelf <laughs> loggers that are that you can you can find for obscenely cheap and actually this isn't even a very this isn't even a very expensive beer, at least mm. if you live in Vancouver. Yeah. And um no, it's been it's been great. It's been fantastic. Nice. I'm drinking a session lager that's um, called the light side of the moon and it's from moon underwater. Um, it's good. It's, 
you know, it's, um, honestly, I, I'm not going to say I, whether I like it or don't, it's kind of to me, <laughs> you know, this isn't an ad cause I'm giving you an honest response. It's all right. <laughs> it's, it's all right. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's a little bit, I don't know what to say. Maybe it's like a little bit bitter for a lager and it doesn't have a lot of like sweeter flavors, a little more, um, play down. But if you like that kind of thing, I think it's, it's kind of like, uh, I kind of actually feel like I'm drinking an, like a, like an IPA or something a little bit. It's not that hoppy, but it's kind of got that feel to it a little. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's good. It's, you know, it's been keeping me cool on this warm night. And, um, I mean, I would say give it a shot and I'd love to hear your opinion on it. Um, but you know, it's, it's been an interesting brew for me. All right. <laughs> so All right, that's go. fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. Right, I, I, so I like, I like giving an honest, an honest review of things. You know, I, I think that's important. I think the integrity of it is important. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I obviously keep drinking their beer, so I like their stuff, but, yeah. uh, you know, not everybody's going to have, not every beer is going to be your favorite beer. And, yeah. uh, that's just, and just it doesn't it have to be exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So All right. Uh, let's wrap this baby up. Final thoughts. Yeah. Um, Oh, there's been so many places this one went, but uh, I think I'm really just going to bring it back down to that that question because it's again, it's like a it's a question that has continually given me perspective, um, especially in my own moments of of just anger and resentment, and you know, just a you know, a sort of a yeah, just like an angry outlook on, on things and in the world and, and certain experiences and instances and, and stuff is like, you know, what do I want to put into the world? Do I want to put more of this energy? Do I want to put more of that energy into the world? Or do I want to put an energy of more compassion, of more caring, more kindness, you know, more honesty, but not, not at the cost of, of just being down on life, you know, cause what does that serve ultimately? So yeah, ask, ask yourself that question, you know, like what, what do you want to put more of the world into and does the world need more of that? We're not. Well, my final thought is this. I, I truly believe that it all begins with yourself. And, you know, if you are taking care of yourself and you're making sure that you're internally healthy, and I don't just mean like in your physical body, I mean, in your mental state and you're just your perception of the world is healthy, meaning that you are the master of your time, the master of your will, the master of your money or your value. Let's call it value. If you're the master of these things, you can begin to actually make a difference in the world. And that doesn't mean being a social activist. That actually means as an artist, you know, it's very difficult for an artist to create when they don't have these things mastered in their life. They just don't have time for their art or they make the excuse. I don't have money to do it or I, I can't do it. 
it's all those are irrelevant. And when you master those three, you don't worry about whether you can do it well or not. You just do it and you try and you don't like when I started filmmaking, for example, it, I didn't have a camera. I didn't have any money. So I borrowed my friend's mom's camera. Now just think about what that takes to do. <laughs> and then I got all my friends together to make a movie and they just helped me out and we did it, you know, and it, and we didn't have an editing machine. So we shot it in sequence. We just figured out how to do it. We didn't say, Oh, I can't cause I don't have an editing machine. Oh, I can't cause I don't have a camera. I can't cause I don't have real actors. We just was, let's do it. And money was the value was a non-issue. The value was, Hey, we're going to make a movie. You want to be a part of it. It's a value in and of itself. You bring you, I'll bring the value of the movie. Um, the, the can, the will, right. Obviously the will to ask, Hey, can I borrow your camera? <laughs> hey, can I, uh, you know, can you act in my movie? Hey, can you uh, do this? Right. And, and, and the will makes the thing happen. So if you can't do those things, like, your art, your artistry is, is dead in the water, man. It's just done, you know? So you got to master that. And if you can master that, then you can start creating. And if you can start creating, you start making an impact more. Thanks for listening to the show. If you got something out of this, if you feel it improved your life or your journey in any way, please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review, or share the episode. You can also support us on Patreon, where we have tons of great bonuses. You are the ones that make the show possible and help us to thrive. Thank you for joining us.